Hi. Hello, it's episode 65. Laura pointed out that I have a catchphrase on what I'm doing. Go on. I go, hello, like that every time. And I didn't realise I did it. And I was listening back to a bunch of, to, for some reason. And it's the same hello every time. In fact, when I was editing together, the See, introduction... I with my voice at the moment, I can't do that. can't. When I was editing the intro onto the Ben Goldacre episode... It was a very bad it's the intro. same... It was good. It's the same two you hellos get in a row. Much feedback, that intro. I forgot to say about the tweet thing, that's all. Mm. I remembered I did a good joke about Boots the Chemist. I think we got two mails. What? I think we got two emails about that. I got loads of people commenting how good it was. Really? Yeah, Twitter mostly, people tweeting me about it. Oh, I don't look at your Twitters. I know. What's the topic today? The topic is... Um, have temp- we forgotten? Have we forgotten the true meaning of Easter? Topic. Excellent topic. So tell me about... Nick, me- what are you drinking out of? I'm drinking out of a lovely handmade... Handcrafted... Handcrafted. It is. Really, it looks machine crafted. It's really professional. The em, Emma Bridgewater of Stoke-on-Trent. Look her up. Oh, she's actually in the potteries. Yep. And it says, what does it say on it? It says bum pooings. <laughs> Almost. It does. It says rum doings. And then what does it say on the bottom? Nick. And of course, accompanying it is. Oh no, there isn't one. No, <laughs> just for me, not for you. Why don't I get one? You might get one at your wedding. I don't want one of my. Wedding. And a mug. Uh-huh. You implied that your wife would have sex with me at your wedding. No, your wife might. No, she won't. Don't be silly. Your wife won't have sex with you at your wedding. Be disgusting. That's yeah, true. Um, we don't believe in sex. Uh, you don't believe in sex after. You don't believe in sex, sex after, after marriage. marriage. No. Oh, that's like. Oh God, that's almost turning into a Jim Davidson. Oh, it is a bit. Oh, like Look at the beautiful pink blossoms today. The darling buds of March are out. Aren't they lovely? That's. But they're in our kitchen. Yes. That's what reflection on glass does to you. It's exciting. It makes it look like you've got a big blossom. It's a very nice day today. I was almost tempted to ask if we could have rum doings on the field. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, I've prepared rum doings for indoors. And that bell is for me, <laughs> not for you. Did you ever have them at your school? I've had this several times where they would say that the holidays are more for the, for the, for the teachers than the really? students because of how hard they worked or and something. And then that's why they'd set you eight tons of homework yeah. to take home with you. Yeah. Homework is... An atrocity, and a probably—I'm not—I don't think I'm exaggerating when I think I say that it is actually a, a criminal thing to do to teenagers. Well, to any child, really. To, to a child to give them a homework. I mean, homework. Awful is that? You are forced into this Victorian institution from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. every day, every week, homework. five days a week. You're forced into this by law. And then they go, but that's not enough non-stop education for your entire childhood. Now you also have to do more when you're at home. Yeah. How messed up is our education system when Doesn't, that is required? I mean, you could give them things to do at home that weren't homework. Interesting things like look out for this or see if you mm-hmm. notice that or um, when you go back to school, see how many times you saw that or the other. But actually to sit down and have to do maths problems. That's right, because, oh, it just makes me sorry. Cause the whole the whole of school is such a ludicrous Victorian institution that we've just tracked It's in. there to make sure that there's something to do with the kids while mummy and daddy work in the factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very good to... It's very altruistic to deliberately je- to deliberately educate your next generation. Badly. It's a good thing to do, but... To do it badly is not a good thing to do. Exactly. Um, so, so tell me about micturation. Micturation? You were going to. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like a, a, a letter to a, a pseudonym mm. to private eye. Mm. Micturation. Well, you, uh, when you came back from the toilet, you said you must remind me to talk about this. I shall. I just. Well, I wasn't. I'm not, I wanted to build up to my urinal talk. Okay, I can just. Oh, I'll dive head. No, I'll dive me, head I, want, first I, want to, I want to see the building work. I don't know. I'm just. I thought we'd talk about other things, then I'd just interrupt you. And no, say, I want micturation now. 
It's just public toilets. That I think it's a very strange. They reveal system. there's no hope for humanity. It's true. Women get to go into individual little rooms and have a sit down, which is mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. But men are expected to piss against a wall. You could sit down if you want to. You can sit down um, in the one, maybe the one or the two cubicles that are on offer without the with the top broken seat, the broken and the, door, the poo smeared around the walls, and the... and the absolute guaranteed puddle of urine around the bottom the bottom of the toilet. Mm. And I I miss as much as the next man, but I can also stoop down and dab up my mistake. Well, the fact that people don't do that. That's oh. what means that there's no hope. Exactly. It's, it's horrendous. And it's like, when I go, do you, are you okay to wee against the wall with the other men, or do you prefer to wait for a cubicle? Um, I can wee against the wall if I need to. I mean, I, I would... It depends what I... I mean, obviously, sometimes if, you, if, if, if you're stopping somewhere anyway, you might as well, well, might as well have a number two while we're at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Clear up passages, so you'll wait for that reason. I can't opt in for a number two like that. I have to wait for one to come along. No, my number twos aren't on demand. Well, it's not on demand, but you know, there's a certain buffering. <laughs> I mean, I assume that you don't. You, you're not with. Right, I was fine, but suddenly I've got number two, and if I don't oh, release no. it in the next five seconds, I'm going to be. Um, I can't remember. It might be Dominic Holland. There was a stand-up comic in the 1990s who would do a routine about this, about how wees are just incredibly rude. Like a wee just goes, "I need a wee, I need a wee now, yes. go for a wee now." And you're like, I'm busy. I don't care. I'm going for a wee. Yeah. Whereas a poo says, "Uh, hi, I need, to, I need a poo," and you go, "Actually, I'm in a meeting. Can I wait about an hour?" Yeah, like, oh yeah, that's fine. I'll be back then. Yeah. So poos are far more reasonable, there's no doubt about that. Wees are, wees are very... Actually, wees are unpleasant. I genuinely and get I, across with wees. I'm sitting working at my computer and I'm trying to get so much done and then suddenly realising the toilet, I'm like, really, I need the... T- really, I still have to do this? I've noticed, probably because of cancer or something, that liquids seem to be going through me very quickly and I have for the last ten it's years age, or so. age, Nick. Oh, ten no, years. No, bizarrely, it's just... My kidneys suddenly probably started working overtime about ten mm-hmm. years ago. It's worse when you're on a plane, of course. At that point, as, as I pour it in, it's already coming out. Really? Um... But just generally, I could drink a big glass of water. Five minutes later, it's all ready to come out. And that really, I find that annoying. Yes. It's very annoying. Uh, I'm not it? that uh, bad. No, I find that... And I also, I don't like waking up in the morning and feeling, oh, I need to go to the loo. Yes. I don't want to. I want to lie in bed. But it starts complaining. Do you not, do you not get woken up in the night by a wee? Some, like not, most nights, I'm woken up uh, at about 6am. Yeah, but no, I get woken up by a baby. I get woken up by a cat as well, which doesn't help. get woken up by a baby, and I think, yes. well... I could just, could just lie here and be a bit comfortable. But no, I can't, because Mr. Wee is complaining. <laughs> up you get, come on, up you get. Why can't we just have holes in our beds that we can roll over into and just wee in, that go straight into our, our chamber facilities? Pot. Oh, yeah. So, no one it plumbed in. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Certainly a, a little... Well, certainly, surely there could... Just press be, a button to, actually, to cover it up. No, but let's think more practically. Mm-hmm. Surely there, there could be a little tube, a little sort of vacuum tube next to your bed. Right. And you just, you know, uh, I'll mind what you do. And, you know, you're half asleep. And then you take the little vacuum tube and go... And then do all your stuff. And you take the vacuum tube off and it just goes. I'm thinking that a vacuum tube in bed that you put on your <laughs> winky might be misused, Nick. <laughs> well, it could just be a funnel sort of thing. Well, the thing okay. that the spacemen use when they, when they plug themselves yeah. into their They just wee into their costumes, don't they? Well, they've got, little, they've got pads... Uh huh, and so on. But what about first... what about sleeping in a nappy? Would you ever do that? Judith seems to enjoy. it. Yeah, it seems to save a lot of fuss and bother. It does actually. If it were ultra absorbent, if it didn't leave me the with only a thing wet is bum, uncomfortable. I think if it were comfortable, I'd have no problem. If it actually it. absorbed it properly, so I wasn't left kind of sitting sitting mm. my own way, I could be perfectly happy with that. I know someone. I won't mention who they are because um, it will embarrass them. No, it's a gentleman. <laughs> uh-huh. I won't mention who they are. 
do they listen? I don't think they listen to this. Or they won't know. Who, who at night just has a big mineral water bottle and just wheezes into that? Oh, does he? And then just pours it out the next uh-huh. day. Which sounds actually sounds quite practical, but the problem mm-hmm. is you'd you imagine you forgot to do that and it got all unpleasant. Oh, I mean, if you, only if you forgot, it sounds a sensible way to do it. Mm. I once tried to wee in a bottle in a car. In a, I was stuck on the M4. Uh, we hadn't moved for an hour. We it was just, it just me on my was on my own. Uh, but we, the collective traffic, all suffering oh, together. Right. Um, I no, you, and your, spirit. you and your winky. You and me and my winky. Hadn't moved for um, an and, and I was absolutely busting for And what was Uncle Wee saying? And of course we were... Uncle Wee didn't care. That that's right. Care. Uncle Wee said, come along now, hurry up, hurry up. It's not Uncle Wee, it's Nephew Wee. It's a nephew, childish, oh, yeah. immature little thing. Banging on your <laughs> Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's like. And so I'm sat there and I'm thinking, we're barely, you know, we're, we're, I think we moved a mile in an hour and a half. It was one of those slow crawls. Oh, those things want to make me kill myself yes. and everybody else on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's so a cliche you, to say, but they really do. You couldn't just stop and turn the engine off because we were just mm. creeping. And oh, creeping that's even nicer. And, yes. and I thought, I'm going to die if I don't wee. So I tried to wee. I had an Oasis bottle, a nice wide neck on an Oasis bottle, makes it easier to aim. Mm. Um, couldn't do it. Could Physically couldn't do it. I was that dead. In fact, it saved me from wetting myself, is my theory. Because I couldn't, uh, my body Everything was so un, un, unwilling to wee into a bottle in a traffic jam with people being able to look in through the windows. Do you have that performance anxiety when you're against the wall? Yes, I do. What happens then? Just nothing comes out? Well, not, it just takes longer to come out. Then I start to feel all self-conscious and the weird. And I hate it. why I'm well, it's just standing crazy. here for the last 20, yeah, exactly. 30 seconds. They're all thinking about me and my wee. But this is crazy. If I go around to someone's house and they, they say, oh, excuse me, where's the bathroom? They go, oh, it's uh, upstairs, second door on the yeah. left. They go, oh, or you can just piss in that bucket in the corner. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go upstairs, aren't I? It it's is ridiculous. a strange. It is a strange thing that crazy. we allow. Strange moray, isn't it? Very odd. I just don't. I think men should have more cubicles. That's fair enough. I think that all ladies should have fewer. They should also just wee against the wall. There are there. Are, people keep trying to invent them, don't they? Female urinals. Lady wee wee bits. Yeah. Yes. But I just think it's more practical otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Your wife once sent me a link to a website that teaches women how to wee standing up. Yes. Sounds like a sensible thing to learn. It does, because then you can write your name in the snow. Yes. That's very important. Uh, we're sitting in a studio that's lined with lots of DVDs, mm-hmm. DVD covers. And what's funny is the studio catches a lot of sun, and they're all faded as if they've come from the 1970s. They do. They look like when you go into a, a charity, charity shop mm-hmm. and you see the VHS tapes. On that, those seven VHS tapes they have on a shelf, one will be um, a Jane Fonda workout uh, video, mm. and so forth. And they really do look like they look ancient, don't they? Thing is, they're all faded, which makes me wonder when you last bought one. But look at look at the Woody Allen collection. This lot here mm-hmm. are more. Fa- they actually look like they should be faded, though. I quite like the way all the Woody Allens look great. You're you're talking into the DVDs, and the ladies and gentlemen won't hear you. They they can hear. It's fine. Do you think anybody listens? No. Do you, we should talk about that. We know how no, we know how many people listen to this now. Might shock people. I think it upset me ever so slightly. Mm. How many did we think? We used to think it was around a thousand an episode, One and we knew it was more than that, mm. but we couldn't prove it. No, um, because Jake's software is such a bonkers nonsense that it just gave us these really spurious results. Um, what are we drinking today? Honeybush tea. You're trying to change. You don't like to talk about this, do you? Yeah. Um, and so you decided to go and actually look how many times the actually looked at the raw server logs, the, the so, Apache logs, to see yeah. how many times an MP3 is served. But yeah. and it's what fifty thousand times a month. Yeah, that's not to say fifty thousand times per episode. Per episode but in fact, you could probably divide it by four since there's four weekly episodes. Yeah, but sometimes people also download older ones as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's, there's around ten thousand people listening per episode. Yeah, around uh, with with the Ben. Goldacre, Presumably, you can do the, the same. The Ben Goldacre one, the last time I checked, was over twenty thousand. Gosh. Presumably, you can grep the. Uh, oh, look at you with your with your geek language. I know it's good, isn't it? To just to find just one file, you can tell it just to look at one particular MP3. So yes. You could figure it out per episode, couldn't you? Yes. Cool. So you could do a typical episode, not one with a celebrity guest star. Yes, yes. This is the first episode we've recorded since the Ben Goldacre one, isn't it? Yes. And we found out how many listeners we had after that rather than before. So credit to Ben Goldacre for coming on the podcast when we thought we only had a tiny audience. Yes. And he was totally up for it. He didn't need to know giant numbers. No, he didn't. Thought he was interested to come join us. But it sounds like we're way more popular than we were. In fact, if we were, someone pointed out that we were in the worst category we could be on, yes. on, on iTunes because we were in with all the BBC shows. Yes, exactly. If we change category, if, would that were that possible? Yes. Um, in Steve Imagine being able to edit your, uh, your podcast <laughs> yeah. details on iTunes. We're yeah. to delete it and start again yeah. is the only option. Yeah. Um, we could actually chart. We'd be, we'd be famous. We'd be rich by now. We would be very rich. But if every person listening to this podcast gave us a million pounds <laughs> we'd be quite we'd rich be phenomenally rich oh go on <laughs> yeah go on oh talking about I bet there's one millionaire who listens yeah go on then give us go on give money. us a hundred thousand pounds that's all we ask for. that's all that's it and we'll never ask you for another no. penny no that's all well maybe a penny <laughs> talking of money online yeah um good news the um the Goldberg Variations Kickstarter oh I saw it thing. it succeeded it, it succeeded so explain to the lovely listeners at home what that means. Well, Mr. Mr. J. J. Ian Bach wrote um, a piece of music called Ian. the Goldberg Rare Variations some years ago now. Did he? So many years ago now that even the Mickey Mouse Copyright Act means that it's no longer in copyright. Uh-huh. And it's... That's when you say the Mickey Mouse copyright, it makes it sound like you're being lazily disparaging. Mm. Oh, those Mickey Mouse copyright. Yeah. That actually is a Mickey Mouse. Yes, copyright. it was. It was. It was the Copyright Act in America bought by the Disney Corporation because the Mickey Mouse was about to drop out. of Corporations can't oh. buy laws, Nick. What oh, are you talking about? I must about? be a big conspiracy. Theory. Yes, that's what it is. I believe in the lizards and the corporations. <laughs> and um, so, the Goldberg Variations are a very interesting piece of music. Um, as I suggest, it takes a theme and it just varies them um, again and again and again and again. Um, Sounds a bit Jewy to me. Well, no, it was written for a big German, yes. non-Jew German. Oh. Um, the, 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 um, the, the theory was that it, he, wanted, he wanted it because he had trouble sleeping and he wanted somebody to play. He wanted the student of Bach, whose name was Goldberg, to play some nice keyboard music. So he wrote these variations. And there are all sorts of inverts. Like the, the music, one of the themes, it inverts the whole theme. The other music does a kind of mirror image of the theme. And, the la- and one of the last ones actually takes a, a rude song of the day about farting because you eat too much cabbages and so on and mixes it with the theme and so on. So it's an interesting <laughs> piece, of, piece, of, piece of music. And the problem is getting a good quality free score. Yeah. It's difficult because, of course, you, the, the score itself is not in copyright, mm-hmm. but anybody's prepared score is in copyright right confusingly so of course no real proper good quality free score is available so somebody went on kickstarter which i discussed once and said um if you go fifteen thousand um dollars to help us to take months to prepare a good quality free score which we will put directly into the public domain produce a very good quality bound copy of it and mm-hmm. to get it to get scholarly analysis of it to make sure that it's a proper good scholarly score that fits with the historical sources mm-hmm. and we'll get a very good uh, keyboardist to perform it right and to also to release these performances into public domain 
And now what they're also discussing is, which is a very good idea, is how apparently you can get adapters to um, proper acoustic pianos to have the music converted to a MIDI file. Which means that it won't just be this usual quantized TikTok TikTok MIDI file. It'll be a perfect MIDI rendition of her performance. So you get the full dynamic and of her performance, but nevertheless it'll be in MIDI, so you can then slow down the performance, examine examine various bits of it, change the tunings, change I didn't the know that MIDI could be anything other than bleeps and bloops. MIDI can be perfect it can be a perfect rendition oh, really? of the music. Um, you know, it can be a very it's not the the, the bleeps and bloops are Merely the sounds that are used. MIDI is, an in, is, is merely a mathematical description oh, okay. of when the music. So, say, for effectively, MIDI says f- five microseconds after the letter, the, after D is played, play C. Okay. Sorry, am I boring you? Yes, you are very and, much. <laughs> and then play the play chord G minor. Right. And then play this. Now, that you happen to play it through a sequencer which uses the blue. Okay, I understand that. So you could, for example, take a MIDI file and attach it to all the hammers of a piano yeah. and have it hammer it out like a pianola. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, if you the way to think of a MIDI file is think of it as a piano roll. Remember the piano rolls? Yes, I do. The paper piano rolls. Yes. A MIDI file is just a digital version of a piano oh, okay. roll. Yeah, That's all that it is. That makes sense. So there we are. Perfect. And, uh, and, well, well, and they were succeeded at $15,000, $16,000, I think they're up to mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, so again... Proves my point on democratic patronage. Yeah, but how will Mr. Bark pay his gas bill? It's, it is true. Plus, plus, what about the, his great, 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 great granddaughter? Surely she deserves a cut. That's right. All the of the intellectual property. That's right. So they, why does it cost that much money to do it? Well, I think it's it's preparing. The money is also to pay for enough to be printed, which you also, if you if you donate to this thing, you're also sent one, of course, and they're putting them on nice, on proper. Nice vellum, and also there's the recording studio time mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And they worked out that to to do it properly, uh, not not to do it as a kind of charity case, but yeah. to actually do it properly, so nobody's owed anything. It's not not a favour or anything. That's how much it will cost, and it took about four or five days, and they got it. That's an, it's absolutely extraordinary. But isn't it? It's kind of almost frustrating when you think that our millionaire listener could have just paid for that. Well, anybody. So, I looked at the, the donations. They're all nice little donations from. You know, 300 people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, again, with the point I made last time, the the billionaire with his banker's bonus, why isn't he just looking at these things and, you know what, I'm just going to fund this because it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Never never happens. Never happens. It's astonishing. How it always, if it does happen, it's some sort of, it's a charity. It's never, mm. it's never cultural. No. Or, or, or what they'll do is they'll, I mean, I, for example, I was watching a program about um, English National Ballet, and they needed, in order to go to, to do their tour, they needed £600,000, which the government was cutting, and that's how much money they needed to, for the whole season to do all their touring, thinking, somebody who's got a £50 million bank bonus in one year, yeah. £600,000, mm-hmm. is equivalent of, of taking 60p from you, basically, uh-huh. and yet nobody would... Nobody thought of doing it. It's just astonishing how yes. unbelievably myopic and selfish you must become when you earn that sort of money. Now, it all goes into property and and fancy car and your own personal fancy art and investment portfolios and things like that. You just never have fun with it in a in that larger societal way. I'd like yeah. to think that maybe I would change. Maybe you do change. I'd like to think the most fun I'd have 
if I earned a lot of money, would be in spending it like that and then suddenly telling yes. people, oh, I'm taking all my friends on holiday now and, and oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, oh, that project looks like, look, they suddenly need a few thousand. I'm just going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suddenly be a big surprise or, oh, look, somebody, look, there's a beggar on the street. I'm just going to give him 500 quid yes. in his pot. Yeah. And that's it. But it seems so obvious to do that. It seems that, that but not, not just to be a nice person, but that would give me the most pleasure. I would Absolutely, have such fun yes. doing that. Yes. People just don't seem to bother doing that. And when they do do it, it's turned into, when they do do it, it's turned into a big deal like that uh, Channel 4 program, Sacred Millionaire. Oh, yes. Oh, right. it's a big Ooh. deal. Uh, they're making season five of that now. I've never seen it to be surely, honest. Surely. I'm not surely, normally honest, but then I was honest. Surely everybody would now realise that if a strange person came into their community centre saying they're doing a documentary. Yeah, that's right. For Channel Four, yeah, we're rich, <laughs> and they want to learn about. Imagine if they were. They want to learn just, about all the poor people in your. Imagine area. if they were just doing documentary. Yes. Channel Four, you so it. Right, I've just come to say goodbye to you. It's the end of documentary, and I have something to tell you. <laughs> oh really? Yes, I've really enjoyed my time. <laughs> oh really? And and it'll probably be broadcast next spring. And bye then. Bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That would be more fun now. Talk make of, make it look like the secret true. millionaire, but just the, the secret poor person. I'm yes. going to call it. Talking talking of, talking of poor people. Okay. Uh, last week was comic relief. I understand you were doing a sponsored swim in a pool full of baked beans. Is that correct? And custard, wacky wacky, and you were wearing a clown costume. I criticised um, comic relief on Twitter. And yes. I got so many people attacked me. Attack you physically. Yeah. Chased through the streets. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I was chased through the Twitter streets, but it was like that. People got really angry and said, How? So they wanted to hit me. They raised nearly £80 million. Pounds. Yes. Just happens to be the same amount of money that's spent every hour bombing Libya. Or, no, don't you start that. It's correct to bomb <laughs> Libya. It's not, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying that's how much money. I'm just putting the a money better, in perspective. A better, a better way to put that in perspective would be that I believe the chairman of Barclays got given £80 million pounds that's as right. a bonus. That's, that's a bonus. Right. But also, people really attack me on Twitter. They say, how dare you say that? I said, no, I find comic relief vulgar. Uh-huh. I find it offensive and I find it counterproductive. Yep. And I find the, you know, go and see what a PR company says behind the scenes about the windfall that is comic relief. How they get to wash their celeb clients squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. How Walker's Crisps get to sell their fatty products without having to pay for any advertising. Yeah, Giving a few 5p per pack or something to... Um, to comic relief. And then it also gets lots of politicians. Yep. As well, off the hook. Mr. Cameron was on. He was, was there. On comic relief. Wackily doing uh, MasterChef. Wacky, wacky. Yeah, and and so this all happens. And then they give to the good causes. And so what I actually said was somebody said, Go on, give to comic relief, everybody, give it to the I said, No, let's boycott all charities today. Yes. And give money to them every, every other, other day, day of the year. year. Yes. And that somebody said that said if I, if I ever see meet you, I'll, I'll hit you or something like that. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? It's so it's because it, of course what comic relief does is it assuages everyone's guilt for two years. Yes. I've given to charity now. I'm now I'm yes. okay for two years. And if you actually did an honest ec- economic analysis of it, you would actually probably find that comic relief. Um, uh, when it comes out in the wash, either breaks even or makes it uh, slightly at a loss as to what the charities would make if the little guilt assuaging mm-hmm. weren't there and people's guilt forced them to give something more regularly or yes. normally. 
it, it, what it does is, and here's actually what I find offensive, it denormalizes giving. Yeah, absolutely. It turns it into this big, showy, mm-hmm. ostentatious Entertain thing. Entertain me and maybe I'll give. Yeah. It turns, it turns it into something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It should be dull. It should be banal. It should be something you barely think about. It should be something you sort of uh, muse about occasionally every day. Well, you notice goes out your bank balance every month mm. when you're looking at your bank balance. Oh, yeah, they went, that that, went. That's a, yeah. It should be something that's just, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, or, oh I, I donated to that, or I did that Kickstarter project, or, or I, yeah, I, I signed up to, to give a direct debit to that. That's all mm-hmm. it should be. And it should be slightly dull. I'm not going to uh, give any money to Amnesty Session until Graham Norton dances. Dance, Graham Norton, yeah. dance! Charity should be slightly dull, and it should be slightly embarrassing, because the fact that we need charities is shameful. It is shameful. Yeah, it shouldn't be something we celebrate. It shouldn't be something that we um, get big checks with the company name very <laughs> profoundly printed on it. That's right. And now I'm here from Barclays Bank, and I just like five hundred a pounds. big thank you from all the staff of Barclays. Everyone who worked really hard at Barclays. Barclays, who've done a really good job at Barclays, and we're here to give twenty-seven pound fifty <laughs> on television. Now, how much would that seconds cost? Of pure, and not just advertising, but good. You know, positive news about yeah. that company. How much would positive PR and a 30 second ad cost? Oh, gosh. Certainly less than the number written on that check. Yeah, but you have to admit, Lenny Henry. More than the number written on the check. Lenny, Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry. Does he still. Does he only if he's still going to. Does he still do that? I imagine he probably does. I remember as a child being enamoured with Comic Relief. I remember the very first Comic mm. Relief when it was. Um, it was done like a secret policeman's ball. It was a, in a live theatre. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't televised. I got and I got. I bought the. Cause went to, we were on holiday, and we were, we were going on holiday, and we stopped at a service station and bought. I imagine it makes. Tape. I imagine it come frankly. Comic let relief. me finish my story. No, but before let me interrupt interrupt you. No, this is better. Yeah, I, I imagine no because you mentioned the first time it happened or whatever, mm-hmm. and I imagine that comic relief as a one off as something just to kickstart. Oh, something, would have been fine. It was but lovely. It was a bunch of comic thinking. Let's annual, do is it annual good. or is it biannual? Biannual. This biannual trudgery is mm-hmm. something else. So yeah, and it was carry on with your boring my boring tedious tedious story. Mm. Um, we stopped at the service station. <laughs> that was a, a yawn that from everyone who's just kidding. I'm not boring Nick you. Wasn't, I I just need more oxygen. Nick was having wasn't having a stroke as it may have sounded like. Um, <laughs> and we bought you know you bought cassette tapes for the journey. And I saw the comic relief one. I was very excited. The board. Oh, cassette tapes! Do you remember cassette tapes? And do you remember the past? It was great. Cassette tapes. Um, and so we put this tape on in the car as we were driving. And you cassette player in the car. It was a little bit rude <laughs> to the point where the it was very embarrassing. My parents turned it off and were quite cross with it. <laughs> it was it, the original comic relief wasn't quite as family friendly mm. as it is now. Um, oh dear! It had a, a spitting image joke in it, which I really liked. It was Prince. It was Prince Philip. He's still alive. I know. Prince. How Philip. old is he? He's in his eight, he's eighty something. Mm. Uh, doing a, a, jo- a joke when he said. A, we have to do this. C, what happened to B, and B, oh, there it is. Yes, and that's a joke that stuck with me, and I really liked. I'm going to look up how old Prince Philip is. So say something interesting. Well, now you may remember cassette tapes in cars. They were from the past. The past is humorous because it has happened. Eight tracks. Reco- eight tracks. We recognise things from the past. And they are not there now. Therefore, we conflate this with humour. Yes. Creating the successful careers of people like Michael McIntyre and people Peter K. Pe- 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 Peter K. 
BPK. Prince Prince Philip. Prince. Did you know that Prince Philip? Did you know that Prince Philip is the Duke of Edinburgh? Why are you telling me the thing that everyone knows? <laughs> I just wanted to see. If you... <laughs> I, I rem- yes, I did know that. Did you know when he was born? He was born in nineteen twenty-one. Correct. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Which month? Uh, August. No. Oh, I was guessing that blindly. What yeah. day of the month? I think I knew twenty-one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. The tenth of June. Tenth of June. Hey, I know when he was born. Now I can answer his special question. I don't know his mother's maiden name, <laughs> so I can have access to his bank account. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I wonder if he's got a bank account. That means he's going to be ninety this year. Ninety. My goodness me. Isn't that strange that I kind of knew nineteen twenty-one, but I still thought he was only about eighty. Yes. <laughs> But then mm. it is about nine, 2001 in my head, so... It is, it's ridiculous. Yes. Ludicrous. We should move this, it looks very silly, like you're wearing a, a kind of a Joan t- Collins, the late Joan Collins style. <laughs> the late Joan Collins. She didn't, she, oh no, she, she's still alive. Who's the one who died yesterday? Someone died yesterday. Joan Collins commented on Elizabeth Taylor. Did Elizabeth death. Taylor die? They're the same person in my head. I always conflate those two. You've said conflate three times today. I said twice. Three times. Twice. Thrice. Twice. Tell me about this factual email you got. No, I'm not going to call it out that. You have to say one of the facts. I enjoyed that fact. Oh, okay. Let's go. I'm, I don't I have no. no... Actually, I'll get it up. Get it up, John, and bring up the email. <laughs> I'll get an erection first, then. <laughs> yes. Okay. By which you mean you'll build a castle? No, I meant my penis becoming gorged with blood and stand firm. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> as I said, you'll build a castle. Isn't that what you call? It? That's right. <laughs> Honey, I've built a castle. <laughs> I've got a headache. Yes. That's the f- a flash forward of my life uh, in s- six months' time. Oh, yes, yes. Honey, I built a castle, I've got a headache. That's what John will say. Wah Yes. <laughs> anyway, you have to explain the context of this um, email. Do you, rem- you remember in the past, remember in the past with email, when people always used do you to remember? send... Do you remember? People used to send chain emails. Oh, do you remember Joke emails. Oh, with seven fun facts. Seventeen little right arrows in a row. Yes. Um. Yeah, I was just suddenly realising we hadn't had the drink yet, and I think I just don't know if I can be bothered. It seems so much effort, and then remembering we're called Rum Doings, and thinking, is it more fun to be called Rum Doings and have nothing yeah. to do with? Oh, the well, I've had anymore. my honey bush tea, so I'm fine. Oh, okay. Out of my Rum Doings cup, I had mug, a mug of coffee out of my. We'll have a drink mug. next time. Okay. Promise. 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 So yes, this is one of the and those chain emails, which would just be a list of jokes that you've already heard, yeah. or spurious facts. Or this is a spurious. Or, jo- or jokes you haven't heard, but. Are actually quite offensive and. Um, <laughs> That's unpleasant. right. Yes, the um the uh, uh what was his name? Someone got in trouble for the doing Jap- Japan jokes straight away. Gilbert Gottfried. He's the person who talks like this. Who? Gilbert Gottfried, American stand-up comic. Who? There we go. So okay, so here's some of the facts I got this email. And the person who sent me this email, I do not wish to disparage because she's I very do. lovely. But you just, you hate her. She's terrible. You think she's scum, but yeah. I think you've never met her. But no, I, think I don't know who she is. But she's very lovely, um, and she forwarded this to me in good faith. And I, like the bastard I am, replied, <laughs> really snooty. So it's meant to be fun facts. You didn't yeah, know. some fun facts you didn't know. Let's hear the first. Let's hear each of the facts. In the 1400s, with uh-huh. an apostrophe, uh-huh. a law was set forth in England. That mm-hmm. a man was allowed to beat his wife with a stick no thicker than his thumb. Hence, we have the rule of thumb. I don't believe that. I, I believe that um, men were allowed to chastise their wives. You believe that because I told you that. About no, they were. They, they were until quite recent, surprisingly recently. Yes. And 
but I don't believe it ever were, were ever anything to do with the size of those. Under Charles II, a law was brought in saying that men were allowed to physically correct their wives. Um, but there was no, never anything about sticks and thumbs. That's all nonsense. And rule, rule of thumb, just as you said, just comes measuring. Because you know, you hold up your thumb and say, yes. "Oh, about so much by so much." Yeah. That's nonsense. Okay, let's hear the other fun fact. Fun facts, there's many here. Many years ago in Scotland, a new game was invented. It was ruled "gentlemen only, ladies forbidden," and thus the word golf entered the English language. No, absolutely. The "gentlemen only, ladies forbidden" is a joke. I think that goes back about a hundred years. I haven't checked into this, mm. but I think it's a it's an old joke that was you know just a silly acronym made for it. But the word "golf," I looked into it, comes from the Dutch word uh, for club, which was "kolf," K-O-L-F. Yes. And it went, it went into Scotland and then went through various different versions in Scotland until eventually it landed on golf by the 16th century. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. Yes, indeed. The first couple to be shown in bed together on primetime TV was Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Um, no, I no, don't think that is correct. It's not correct. It's, it's, I suppose it's supposed to be an interesting fact because um, there are cartoon, cartoon characters yeah, exactly. and they're surprised that it's cartoons that were the first to be in bed. A, mm-hmm. why that's not that surprising is the Flintstones were actually originally made for adults. Yes. They were not a child's cartoon. Hence the laugh track. Yeah, they were meant to be an adult's program, mm-hmm. an adult sitcom. So it wouldn't be that surprising, but as it happens, it's incorrect. And I think the Flintstones started in 1960. Mm. Uh, predating that were a few shows, but the earliest um, was... they were, And Fred and Wilma were the first animated couple to be shown in bed together. Mm. But the earliest uh, couple that's in bed actually, together... That's not actually true either. No? No. But, but pre-Hays Code, there were many um, old, naughty cartoons... That showed not televised animated cartoons. And Betty Betty Boop was shown in bed, I believe. I don't know. Yep. Anyway, 1947 mm-hmm. on US primetime TV, um, a sitcom called Mary Kate and Johnny, and they were shown mm-hmm. in bed together. It was a very straight. It was a 10, 15 minute long sitcom. It's very odd. Yeah. But in forty, I don't know if the, the format went back that far. Yeah. Shows so there you. you go. Shows or something. I'd like, like to it. actually see. I wonder if any of the episodes exist still, or whether it was wiped. We just would be we so weird to see a fifteen minute sitcom from the nineteen forties. That, 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 that was visual, not even radio. You know, because you had yes. much binding in the marshes and rubbish, mm-hmm. rubbish radio comedy. Because comedy used to be a lot worse than it is now. Yes. I don't know if you noticed. Well, it can't be much worse than it is right now. Oh. No, I'm serious. Right now, with the phase of Radio 4 comedies at the worst. Oh, Radio 4 comedies, yeah. yeah. Not all comedy in general. Comedy, oh, no, comedy in general, general used to be worse. It's great, yeah. but yes. No, radio 4 is in a particular low ebb yes. at the moment. Um, Nobody would disagree with you about that? I don't think so. Apart from perhaps Mr. Ian Four. No, <laughs> you can't just do all of Richard Herring's jokes. Well, that is one of my favourites. Yeah. One of his very few remaining funny jokes. Actually, the only funny jokes is um, he talked about Apple and that, and he talked about Ian Tunes, who runs their mm-hmm. music shop, Ian Tunes. I like that. I Tunes. Yes, I know, I understand. Let's hear the next fantastic fact. Every day, more money is printed in for Monopoly than the US Treasury. Sounds very unlikely. It sounds extremely unlikely. Three hundred of that, three hundred million Americans. I doubt there are three hundred million copies of Monopoly sold every day. Yes, even um, if even if one note yes were printed per per person every day, there would be some. There'd be a massive of archives of Monopoly money. Mm. Uh, I said in my reply, I said there are three hundred, but there's not three hundred million copies of Monopoly sold each year in America. Were this the case, there would be vast warehouses filled with unwanted Monopoly money. It seems unlikely unless someone has plans to undermine the value of pretend money by suddenly flooding more onto the market. Yes. So that seemed a strange uh, decision to make. Men can read smaller print than women. Women can hear better. That's a very it's a, uh, this is vague a, claim. <laughs> exactly, it's amazing. It, the way it was actually, no, it's far more, it's, it's a very specific claim. It's saying women, all women can hit, hear better than all men. So all you have to do is find one read, woman. 
Yeah, exactly. Who disproves that? That's right. One uh, man who can hear better than one woman, and that's gone. There you go. So perhaps there is some truth to say that men, uh, the, 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 the majority of men, can read better than Is the, that true? That the average man, is that the true? average woman. Um, I didn't go too far into it, because I was researching a lot evidence. of these. And there is, uh, there is some evidence for women being able to hear better than men. Um, but women have higher range yes. of hearing. Depends so, on what you mean by better. Yes. Because, um, I don't know anything about the, about the range having is different. better eyesight. Though. Because the definition of better is odd, but there you go. But though, you can't just pick a man and a woman and no. one will be better than the other at some point. Coca-Cola, Nick. Do you know it's a fact about Coca-Cola? Now, guess what? It's a factoid. A factoid. Because factoid... People don't. People think that fa- a factoid is just a little fact. It isn't. A factoid, as invented by Uncle Norman, actually, he invented the word. Yes. It means uh, uh, so, some statement which people generally sort of believe is true, but isn't. Oh, that's interesting. So these are factoids. Well, can you guess... Well, I wouldn't even think these are factoids, no. because well, nobody thinks they're true. Can you, can you think what the Coca-Cola one is likely to be? Coca-Cola contains cocaine or your tooth rots in it. One of the two. There's, there's those two. There's the cocaine one. There's the tooth rotting one I haven't thought of. There's also fa- Coca-Cola invented Father Christmas. Yes. Well, none of which... Now, Coca-Cola did originally inv- contain... Did originally contain cocaine. Cocaine. And now... It now will contain a few atoms, molecules of it, but no more than that. Homeopathic so cocaine. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Um... The tooth rotting thing has not been true for many, many years. Um, the tooth rotting. They no, changed the formula. No, no they people. They tried this on. Um, it's not even the formula or anything. They no? tried this on Mythbusters. Okay. Um, it, they left a tooth in. It was fine. Of course, if you leave your tooth in anything acidic for a very, very long mm-hmm. period of time, it'll it'll um, dissolve. Yeah. But it'll take a very long time. It won't mm-hmm. happen overnight. Just be, if you leave it in overnight, it'll dissolve. Yes. Well, no, leave a tooth in overnight, and you'll see it won't. The Father Christmas story is that all they did was change the colour of Father yeah. Christmas's costume. And made him a jollier character. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's all they did. He was pretty much set, but they just changed they him to They didn't make red. him invent the character. They yeah. certainly didn't invent the look, the current look. So which Christmas. one's this one? This is another one entirely. Coca-Cola was originally green. No, it wasn't. No, of course it wasn't, because they're caramel in it, making it brown. Coca-Cola was not... It was the, never green. You know, they're probably confused about the, the, the original... Father Christmas was originally green and they turned him red. I imagine or, is where that's come from. Or the original... Even you can see today, the original Coke bottles had a green tinge to them. That's what I, when, when I was researching this, one website suggested that as a thing. People may have been confused by the old, the green tinge on the older Coke bottles. No, Coke was never green. Coke was never, obviously never green because it contained caramel at the yeah. time, which made it very brown. It still does. I don't think it does anymore. It still does. I think it contains a substitute. Nope, it contains oh. caramel. And look at it, go and look at your tin. It is impossible to lick your elbow. Uh, apparently, people who are... oh, there's, I, I just linked uh, my friend to a YouTube video of someone doing it. Only people who are specially jointed can do that. Well, I, I cannot. Nor can I. But um, Danny Baker, you can get close to I can. Danny Baker used to say that. Um, do you know that he's had cancer and is off the radio? It's very sad. Yeah, he's finished sadly. I don't think he's finished, but I hope yeah. he gets better. I do love it, Danny Baker. Yeah. He's well, much unrespected. I don't respect him. You should. Anyway, he used to say, "If you could lick your, own, if you could lick your own elbow, you'd discover the secrets of the universe." He would say. Um, but no, uh, yes, a lot of most people, people can't. A lot of people can do it. Just YouTube it. You'll see most people, people can't. Elbows. Some people can. Yeah. The um, end. Yes. There you go. Um, An extraordinary run of facts that are incorrect here. It's almost as if they yes. meant them to be. I know. It's so deliberately full of lies. That's why I thought I'd get to the bottom. Thought, will it reveal? Ah, no, no. It's all very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, the cost of raising this isn't the one I told you before. Yeah. The cost of raising a medium. Oh, this is one where it might be true, yeah. but isn't profound. <laughs> no, so, oh, oh, okay. Mm. The cost of raising a medium-sized dog to the age of eleven is rather 16, than a big or small sixteen thousand four hundred dollars to the age of eleven. Mm. Sounds about right. 
probably about thousand, a, just over a thousand pounds. Yeah, a year. Vet, vets, vet, vet fees are quite a lot. A lot, lot of food, food, all the food, and kenling when you take mm-hmm. them on holiday. Yeah, it sounds very probably. Right. Yeah, as I said, that would only shock or surprise somebody who can't amortise. That's right. Intelligent people have more zinc and copper in their hair. <laughs> now, looking into this. <laughs> That sounds almost eugenics. It's really strange. Now, first of all, you have to say, well, how do you measure intelligence? It's also racist. How do you measure intelligence? It's an IQ test, of course. Well, you can't. There is no, there is no, obviously, that measures how good you are at IQ tests. But there is no measure of intelligence. So, first of all, this fact is just doomed from the start. If you can set the video. <laughs> so, we have, no, we have no agreed intelligence scale. So, we have no means of measuring it on that. We do. IQ test. They're not, no one in their right mind thinks they're a measure of intelligence. They're called an intelligence quotient. The, the clue is in the title. And yet you can learn how to do them. Yes. But slightly counteracts that. You can learn to become more intelligent. <laughs> there is, uh, so I said, raised or lowered, I found out raised or lowered zinc and copper levels are associated with various neurological symptoms. So you can, if you are suffering from severe depression and so forth, you're, yeah. these, these, these things will vary. But so raised there is, or lowered, exactly. It's, it's not, if you yeah. have more, you'll necessarily be. If you have too much, you could and be. And so it will be in your cells, and therefore it will be in your hair. But it will. Um, it, it, there's no. There's no apparent for my cursory research. There doesn't seem to be. Am I boring you? No. There doesn't seem to be any. Um, any link with intelligence. Correlation would have been a better word there. Yes, I'm sorry. Because I've got more copper in my hair, so I know. This is one that's so close to true that it's actually even even worse. It's a little frustrating, is it? The first novel ever written on a typewriter was Tom Sawyer. It turns out, I did. I looked into this as well, um, and it turns out that Mark Twain, uh, whatever his real name was, yeah. the site I found out this information from was very smugly going, oh, I know him by his real name, not Mark Twain. Mm. <laughs> um, he, he was probably the first person to submit a typed book. Uh, he hand-wrote, but then he would have had it typed up. Yes, of course. Or typed it up himself. Um, but it was more likely to be a later book, called his later book of his called Life on the Mississippi. It seems from his the the misunderstanding comes from his own memoirs in which he mistakenly says that he typed um, Tom Sawyer, but it seems that he probably didn't. No, because um, his own his own memory contradicts itself. All right, so this fact is very frustrating. Yes, it's a very silly fact, but it seems it's likely untrue. Mm. Um, each king in a deck of playing cards represents a great king from history. No, <laughs> it just doesn't. They have done they've represented various people over the, over the years. Or oh, uh, nobody. But they haven't right. represented anyone for two hundred years. And they don't really represent anyone. There was a time they represented these various. Um, these they, they, there was a period where they did, but then they they went on to the other times they represented. There were, there were times before then as well. I mean, yeah, very old. Absolutely. Yeah, they were never deliberately anyone, and no. they haven't been anything anything for two hundred years. Mm. This one is absolutely true, and I just don't understand why it's in there. Maybe it's just the novelty value. Um, one hundred eleven million one hundred eleven thousand one hundred eleven times itself squared equals one two three four five six seven eight nine eight seven six five four three two one. That's maths. Exactly. I said this is true. Much like eleven times eleven is one hundred twenty one. It's just a little <laughs> yes. mathematical one. Thing. It goes goes up and then it goes down again. It's, it's nice. It's nice. It's palindromic and interesting. But you know, what would be more. What would be a more interesting fact is if you could never get to that number through any additional multiplication. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it stands to reason that, yes, there's going to be some way, probably an inter- a fairly balanced way to get to that sort of number. Here's an old hoary one everyone knows isn't true. If a statue in the park of a person no. on a horse... The horse legs up, no, yes. no, everybody knows that's not true. The Straight Dope looked into this, which oh. is a great website. I highly recommend reading The Straight Dope. They looked into it and they said that the guy just went and looked at 14 statues of which seven didn't follow the rule and seven did. Yeah. So it's instantly disproven as rubbish. Reason, do you know why horses are sometimes shown 
their legs I don't, no. Because apparently it looks better like That's that. That's how the sculptor liked it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, apparently there's a, there is a structural reason as well. It's easier for the... Um, it's easier to sit to seat the sculpture. All right. If you think if you've got three limbs on which the sculpture is sitting, then you don't have to worry about getting them all the, all exactly flush on right. the plinth. Whereas if you've got a fourth one, that's like the wobbly table. Mm-hmm. You've that's then got to worry. So actually, having three is a lot easier to balance the sculpture. Okay. So that's why mostly. This is another one that's true. <laughs> Very few. Mm-hmm. If you were to spell out numbers, how far would you have to go until you could find the letter A? Can't answer that question. One, two, three, <laughs> here a while. four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> this is nine, good radio. Ten, there aren't any. It's 1,000, is the answer. Yes. There you go. I only said number, I thought you meant digit. I wanted to say eight, but then it just sounds like it. It does, doesn't it? It's an E-I-G-H. <laughs> is that how you spell eight? Isn't English stupid? We've learned something. Echt. Echt. What do uh, bulletproof vests? Is another question for you. What do bulletproof vests, fire escapes, windshield wipers, and laser printers have in common? Nothing to do with going into space. No. 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 They weren't all invented by women. No. <laughs> they, they they believe that they were, but laser printers and bulletproof vests were invented by men. Yes. Kevlar was invented by a woman, but bulletproof vests existed before that, and that was invented by yeah. a man. Um, laser printers were invented by a guy, uh, uh, Xerox, I think it was. Yes. Um. And whereas women did invent fire escapes and windshield wipers. Mm-hmm. So there you go. What is the only food that doesn't spoil? No, there isn't any. No, there are tons. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a, a problem. There isn't no, it depends one. what you mean by, by food. Okay, food. Is salt a food? Well, I would say so. And, but they, they give the answer honey. which Honey is the interesting one. But it only doesn't spoil if it's in an airtight container, which somewhat spoils. You can't <laughs> just leave it out in a tub. In a dish, and it'd be fine. That depends what you mean by spoil as well. I mean, it crystallises like, and so on. And sugar, not... sugar doesn't spoil either in an airtight tub, so there's many foods that don't. Mm. In Shakespeare's time... <laughs> you know, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> in the time of the bar. <laughs> it's got my favourite thing. It just hasn't got anything to do with Shakespeare. Yes. In Shakespeare's time, mattresses were secured <laughs> on bed frames by ropes. When you pulled on the ropes, the mattress tightened making the bed firmer to sleep on. Hence the phrase, good night, sleep tight. <laughs> That's just desperate. It's so brilliant. In Shakespeare's time, the phrase, t- uh, the phrase tight meant soundly. So it just meant sleep soundly. That's yeah, the sleep, word had a different meaning. Mean, sleep like, well. 400 years ago, whatever it was. And because it rhymes with night. Yes, that's right. If, if, if you know. Yeah. It was a phrase in his time. Uh, but it has nothing to do with the tightness sleep well. of the mattress. Exactly. Sleep. Good night. Sleep soundly. Mm. It was the accepted practice in Babylon four thousand years ago that after for, the, for a month after the wedding, the bride's father would supply his son-in-law with all the mead he could drink. Mead is a honey beer, and because their calendar was no, lunar-based, it's not a beer. It's a it's a honey liquor. And because their calendar was lunar-based, the period was called the honey month, which we now know as the honeymoon. That is so convoluted. That's such a convoluted just so I mean, none of it is true. Uh, is, that would demand that 4,000 years ago in ancient Babylonian, <laughs> it were also called the honeymoon, and we've translated that idiom directly sort of 6,000 years later through all the languages. <coughs> I looked into the various... No one knows where the word actually no. comes from, but there's various sources. It's very banal. None of, none of which is to do with Babylonian. It's nothing to do with that. It's absolute nonsense. 
In English pubs, <laughs> I'm going to keep going with all of these. Yeah, things. no, it's good. In English pubs, ale is ordered by pints and quarts. Mm. Quarts, um, is it? Quarts, yes. Yeah, I, I like to go into my pub and say, I'll have a quart of ale. A quart of your finest ale, barman. Mm. Yeah. So in old England, when customers got unruly, mm-hmm. the bartender would yell at them, mind your pints and quarts and settle down. It's where we get the phrase, oh. mind your P's and Q's. Oh, God. Oh no! <laughs> what's what's most egregious about this one is again it's a completely no one no one knows the source of mind your p's and q's. It is a mystery, and nobody says quartz either. Um, and uh, and also that that phrase is so completely <laughs> improbable. Yes, you know there's a bar fight going on. Yeah. What does he say? Mind your points in quartz. <laughs> yes. Rather than, get the hell out of here, or, or I'm going to smash your face and bind your pints and quarts. I'm being very specific <laughs> about the capacity of liquids, <laughs> which I wish you to mind. Well, However, your your flagons, I have no problems with. But Spill them as thou wilt. There are a, a number of different possible sources, all of which are equally spurious and possible. That one is not considered seriously by no, anyone. Nobody would think that. Um, so no one actually knows. And the fr- what's most what frustrates me most is no one knows, and yet they have just announced that they do. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, oh no, I don't know. Oh no, it was many years ago in England, in Shakespeare's time. Back was in it? England, I don't know if it was necessarily in Shakespeare's time. Maybe it was in Byron's time. Pub frequenters had a whistle baked into baked into the rim or handle of their ceramic cups. When they needed a refill, they used the whistle to get some service. Can you guess where this is going? This makes no sense. Wet your, Wet your whistle. whistle is the phrase inspired by this practice. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. <laughs> whistle was a slang word for throat. Yeah. And so wet your whistle was literally to drink. <laughs> so it's basic. And obviously. You Ockham. just need to look it up. And that's obvious. You don't even need true. to look it up. That's just obvious. You, you don't know? need... You don't, you won't, it's not obvious that it meant throat, but it's obviously not blowing into your cup to make a whistle. I was like, why would you wet your whistle? You wouldn't whistle? wet the whistle either. But it would be sad because it would be dry at that point. Exactly. It would be the opposite of the meaning of the word. So my... Wi- I'm not wet... Oh. oh, and the last thing in there was one of those ones where you know where you put the keep the first and last letters of a word and then muddle up the re- all yeah. the other letters in the middle and you can still read it. Yes. So it says, I couldn't believe I could actually... I, it actually is really hard to understand it. It says, Orlactally. It could be anything. I could actually understand what I was reading. The phenomenal power of the human mind. According to research at Cambridge University, it doesn't matter what order the letters of the word are. University. It's Kamabagridgidi. Univeritity. It's actually hard to say the wrong way. It doesn't matter what order the letters of the word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be in the right place. The rest can be a total or total mess, and you can still read it without a problem. Well, with some problems. I'm having some problems. Um, this is because the human mind does not read every letter by itself, and the word, but the word as a whole. Amazing, ha. Huh? No. So I said, while it's interesting that it's still readable, no such study has ever taken place at Cambridge. Um, and it, have, I've looked, and there have been quite a few studies done into smoke Quite recently, some people have been doing them, but none mm. has ever been taken place at Cambridge, mm. of any note. No. Um, to which my friend replied that she'd like to be on my side in the pub quiz. Well, only if I had access to the internet so I could research all the questions. Well, that's the thing. These things don't work anymore with the internet. Oh, have you been to a pub quiz since the internet? No. Since it's Because obviously people would... I remember people would cheat. They'd text their friends for help. <laughs> but now everyone's got the internet Or bring in, bring in eight volumes of Encyclopedia <laughs> yes. Oh, I just have a new stool that I'm sitting on <laughs> made of books. My book stool. I just need to adjust my stool at around D. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> 
if you if you've got a set of encyclopedias in your home, if you're mm-hmm. posh, or in your aunt's home, if he's posh, mm-hmm. go to their house. This is a, a this is a true fact. If you go That's to true the, as the facts you've just been reading. Truer, truer, even truer. If you go to anyone's, um, are we, is it time? Have oh my finished? goodness! You, 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 you have at the end of this anecdote, you have to end. We have to. We must stop. Mm. So you go into, a, a, you go to look at them, and if you read, because on the side of the encyclopedia they'll say from epiglottis yeah. Yeah. to phalange, yeah. whatever it might be. If you read out those words together, mm. you, they will be, they will be hilarious. They, for some reason, they always seem to pair up really inappropriate words that sound very rude when you put them together. This is a true fact. This is a true fact. Go find your encyclopedias and just if read anybody them. Can find you a, need to be in a room. If anybody can still find a pair of um, physical encyclopedias. Yes, indeed. Well, I imagine they'll be in your aunt's house. Yeah. Uh, my parents have a shelf of encyclopedias. The Collins Encyclopedia. Andrew Collins. The Andrew, Andrew Collins Encyclopedia. Those in, the, All I, about I, I homeopathy. Went to, I went to Bristol. There's another anecdote. I haven't stopped. I went to Bristol Baptist College. Uh, of course you did. Baptist. To do my degree. Yeah, Youth community ba- work and applied theology. Landover Baptist. Landover Baptist.org. And um, in, the, in the, uni- the college library. I was about to say university. In the college. <laughs> in the building library. Yeah. Um, it was a, a, a library in which they had a set of encyclopedias. That were so old they did not know about the Second World War. Oh, yeah. Pre Second World War encyclopedias are a fascinating. Well, we've got of a copy of Pears Encyclopedia from 1930 something. Mm-hmm. It's just got all the flags of the world, including the flag of Germany with the swastika. Wow! On. It's just there, just like any other flag. Yeah. Isn't mm. that remarkable? Very, very strange. So yes, not particularly helpful as <laughs> an encyclopedia, but a novel, certainly of historical interest. And on that true fact, we should end. We should stop forever. We should never do this ever again. If people don't. We bo- peaked. If, if people don't, um, we, we jump the shark, peaks, etc. Um, email podcast at rumdoings.com. People do that all the time, in fairness now. Or follow us at rumdoings. It can't be easier than that. At rumdoings. Um, rumdoings.com will take you to the podcast. Well, we're finally, well. link, finally linking there now. Yeah, you don't sorry. have to go to his horrible botherer.org. You don't have to be dirty by typing in a religious domain anymore. <laughs> It's so religious, my Rumdoings.com. Rumdoings.com will take you to the regular podcast yeah. and at Rumdoings, and we will definitely, <laughs> probably, sort that out and actually get that working. I, I've got it working. I've been posting things behind your have back you? all the time. I don't follow, I don't people, follow us. People, people say that you How smell. How many followers have you got on Rumdoings? 12T. 12 followers? 12T. People say that you smell. I do. Yeah, I'm a bit strong. pongy today, a bit whiffy. You are. Is that because you're fat? <laughs> I think my fatness is causing my smell. It is fat smells. No, it doesn't. It does. Have you ever found when you're cooking me? Yes. If you cook me, I would stink at something awful. You would. I might smell delicious. You might. I might. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming. Rude. <laughs> bye.